Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit hellmans.com. They say every dog has its day, but when you're Lulu and your parents drive a Camry, every day is your day. The roomy rear seat is the perfect, whoa, is that the dog park? Backseat besties, it's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota, let's go places. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Damashek football program available on iTunes and at davedamashek.nfl.com. Now here's your host, Dave Damashek. Hi and hello, football fans. It's your old pal Dave, Dave Damashek. What's going down? I hope all's well wherever you are. Welcome to the Dave Damashek football program, available as always on iTunes and at nfl.com/sheck. Yes, welcome to podcast number two of this week, seated, seated in between week 14, a glorious one in the snow. We covered all that for you a couple of days ago. Back, uh, Go back and uh, dig that one up and peruse it at your discretion. And uh, now we're going to look ahead to week 15. We're going to do so with, first of all, Arizona Cardinals defensive end. Uh, supreme, really, a dynamite guy, and then a dynamite fella, too. Maybe the best on Twitter that the NFL has to offer. It's Darnell Dockett. Looking forward to kibitzing with him. Me and Adam Rank caught up with him just a little while ago, so you'll hear how that went down. Also, I have to promote the fact that uh, the Sheck Report slash Shame Report is up at NFL.com slash Sheck. Once again, it's a gangbusters one. We talk snow. We talk uh, the purple game in uh, Baltimore between the Vikings and the Ravens all purple all the time and Peyton Manning and his talk about what happens when it gets under 40 degrees and so on and so forth so be on the lookout for all of that and uh, and also we'll get to a tweet or two from you the listener meantime let's kibitz about like I say week 15 oh we also have the red challenge flag pick segment to do it the two guys who are going to be making those picks with us today are first of all you know him from nfl.com his power rankings his weekly picks you see him on fantasy live it's elliot harrison what's the poop fella it's happening man i i am sad that i missed uh your earlier podcast i'm gonna have to dig that up because we had one of the best nfl weekends of all time yeah it really was fun it's hard to it's hard to go wrong talking about that bevy of games now the one we didn't get to talk about because we did it on monday afternoon was the Dallas Cowboys at the Chicago Bears. As a Steelers fan, my personal shame is that the Steelers in the snow and grime and cold and bitterness would lose to a team in turquoise pants. Now your Cowboys coming out of their dome could not go up to Chicago and win in the chill there. In fact, it's as though the defense didn't even get on the plane because the Bears literally scored every time they touched the ball. Embarrassing. It, it was embarrassing. I mean, I, I, I have insider knowledge that Monty Kiffin was getting ready to make an adjustment once the 50-point the barrier was crossed. Uh, you know, I, I feel a little bad for him just because I do think we have to show our elders respect. And I know there's a lot of age jokes being thrown around and stuff like that. And Monty Kiffin, look, he's got the skins on the wall. Let's give the man some credit. But, dude, you got to make an adjustment. You can't just stay in – cover two all day and let the you know the middle of the field be exposed you know when earl bennett's making plays on you i mean that's a problem okay? well then let's split the difference if you don't want to make fun of monty kiffin make fun of lane kiffin okay. that's something everybody in the world <laughs> I, can I will embrace, say this that's fun i will say this for the for the cowboys i do feel bad for them a little bit in that they lost five out of their front seven Five. Everybody has injuries, Every, and that's what we're going to be I, talking about. I know, but that that's a little much. You know, Anthony Spencer been out all year. Ratliff had the problem. Now he's gone. Uh, 
DeMarcus Ware is a shell of himself. He's been playing hurt all year. Uh, Sean Lee's out. Durant's out. Uh, Bruce Carter is the only linebacker that's playing, but he makes up for it by stinking. So, uh, you know, there you go. I hear you. I say, though, that the, the devil's advocate, though, you cannot complain about injuries when every other team is dealing with them. You know, don't uh, cry any tears because the New England Patriots certainly won't care. Look at the injuries they've had, and they keep on going here. Albeit, no, well, I was going to say a worse division, but those are two so-so Pretty divisions. Even. All right, let's talk to another guy now who is one of the best scouts in the business. He played in the NFL, and lately he's been making regular appearances here on the Dave Damashek football program from NFL.com. You can track him down at Bucky Brooks. It's Bucky Brooks. What's the poop, fella? Ha, everything is good. I mean, I, I, I love hearing the Cowboys conversation. Like, it's one of my favorite things, like, to listen in and hear E.H. Wags poetic about well, the Well, we like to do, Buck. You know, I, I, like, I like me, it. you, and Bucky, and Daniel Jeremiah, we get together on every Thursday night. Well, at least uh, this Thursday night, the Broncos and the Chargers. That'll be the last time we do it for the NFL Network. But on NFL.com, of course, you can watch us throughout the game for four hours. We sit, we kibitz. It's basically like a good hangout. Is what is what it feels like. The network is kibitzing about the X's and O's. We do some of that, but basically, like I say, if you're seated seated on your couch or you're still at work, flip us on, and you know, then you're not alone anymore. You're and, hanging out watching football with us. And Money and Solly do a heck of a job calling the game. We show oh yeah, those guys. Twenty two. Those guys. They also so, do it. Solomon he, Wilcox, Matt Money Smith. But yes, we sit there, and one of the things we delight in doing in the production meeting beforehand is Bucky really gets Elliot Harrison's goat. Each and every week by making fun of the Cowboys. And Elliot gets upset every time. Always gets upset about it. All right. Oh, go ahead, Buck. Go I, I, ahead. Speak your piece. Inadvertently, I poked the bear a little bit. <laughs> it's not. It's not by design. Inadvertent. It's not by design. It just. It just kind of happens. It, it, it just kind of pops up out of conversation. I see. I see. It's like a backzit. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what that means. All right, let's talk about because injuries so. are, are the subject, and something that I've discovered or a metaphor that I stumbled upon over the last month that I that I've uh, become quite taken with uh, is is that the NFL equals Jenga which is to say that everybody is going to have – the NFL is like playing Jenga because you everybody's going to – you're going to have to take pieces out of it because of injury, but you never know which piece is going to cause the whole thing to crumble. Now, it's easy to play this game if you do it with quarterbacks because, as we saw with Aaron Rodgers, you remove him from the equation, down go the Packers. But the same would obviously be true if you did that with the Patriots, with the Broncos, and with uh, with the Seahawks as well. So we're not going to do it with the quarterbacks. Let's play – on QBs, the Jenga piece that would cause their franchise to collapse. As the backdrop, two guys that wouldn't be good candidates for this, J.J. Watt. Why? Because as good as he is, <laughs> and as essential as he is to the Texans' hope of winning a Super Bowl in the next couple of years, he clearly, they only have two wins. So obviously, they haven't collapsed. They already stink, and he's out on the field. So he's not a good one. Doug Martin for the Buccaneers. They've actually been better with Bobby Rainey in the backfield than they have been with uh, with Doug Martin. So anyway, those are two bad examples. Now let's talk about the guys that are the best. Give me Elliott. Who's number one for you? The one Jenga piece. If you take him out, that team is going down. I'll tell you. Let me just throw one more at you. I love it when you ask me something. I'm not telling you. I'm just giving you ones. I'm taking ones off the table here. Geno Atkins of the Bengals. Now, when he went down, I figured, as a lot of people did, wow, you take him out of that defense, he's the linchpin. Boy, that defense is going to be second rate now. In fact, they've kept on going. So it's a hard game to play. Now, with those caveats given, EH, start us off here. Okay, um, I'm not. I've got a list of seven here. I'll give you just two right now. I'm going to give you a hypothetical and one that's Exhibit A okay. this year. So me, the hypothetical, the number one Jenga piece in your, which I think it's a great analogy, to me is Calvin Johnson. You take yeah. Calvin Johnson off the Lions, they are completely pedestrian. Could we agree on that? They are six and sure. ten football team, maybe. We Maybe. only saw it once this year that uh, they Calvin lost. Johnson sat down and, and, they they, their, and the offense was uh, they atrocious. They got their butt kicked. Like, it wasn't even a contest. They got destroyed. If if I recall, was that uh, Lambeau, wasn't it? Uh, Detroit at Green Bay? I, yes, anyway, I, think, I think that was the game. It was 22-3 to three or something. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, exhibit A for this year is Julio Jones. Julio Jones, you took him out of that hmm. mix. They couldn't run the offense. They, they, Bucky, they love doing those little bubble those dumb little bubble screens. I call them dumb, you don't like but they're them? effective. They're, they're effective. Uh, he took away their vertical threat because Roddy White is not a vertical player for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's, anal- it's an anomaly when he has a, a bomb or catches a bomb. 
And the Falcons, they've had other injuries, but to me, for them to go from where they were last year, remember how Julio Jones destroyed the 49ers in that championship game? Mm-hmm. Those would be my top two. I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued by that second one because I don't know about Julio Jones. I feel like he is, and it's not to say you're wrong, mm-hmm. but so often I feel like because of Roddy White's presence, he he satisfies the decoy or, or the so-called take the top off the defense guy. It's not even necessarily that he's being targeted, but the threat of him makes Roddy White and the other weapons out there better. So that's a pretty good one, although I have one I think is better. Okay. Bucky. All right, I'm going through. I'm, I'm compiling my list right now. You I couldn't have, show up prepared, Bucky? No, I couldn't, couldn't show up. So how about Jimmy Graham? That's number one to me. Yeah, Calvin Johnson nice. or Jimmy Graham Who are my top next? two. I said Jimmy Graham was first. Oh, I, yeah, yeah. I, I, okay. I, I believe just because of the way he controls the middle of the field for Drew Brees. That's I've said it before. I'll say it again. Yeah, Peyton Manning's numbers you can't debate, and so he's going to get the MVP. But to me, the most essential player – might be, I mean, non-quarterback at least, is Jimmy Graham. Take him off that team and see what they do offensively. Next, Marshawn Lynch. Marshawn Lynch, I disagree with that one. Here's here's why. Go ahead, lay it on me. Go ahead. I'm not going to counter it yet. So we fall in love with Russell Wilson. We love what he does. But the one constant that he always has available to him is he faces single high safety looks, one-on-one coverage on the outside because Marshawn Lynch is in the backfield. And when you look at their receiving core – Doug Baldwin, Golden Tate, uh-huh. Curse, all those guys are nice, but they are able to eat and exist because Marshawn commands all of the defensive attention. I hear you, but that offensive line, when healthy, as it now is is rounding into shape here, wouldn't that offense still be a fa- Wouldn't they be able to still pound the ball with the two backups? It would change the way people would, would play them. You think so? Because, huh? because of the respect that people have for Marshawn Lynch, he always gets like a loaded box, and that allows Russell to run around and do what he likes to do, the, the bootlegs, the movement passes, all those things on the outside to those guys. He kind of sets the table for them. I have hey, a Seahawks. And I throw a sexy deep ball. I don't know why black tie behind the glass is <laughs> yeah. playing that, how that's germane. But all right, he loves to get that one in there. I have a Seahawks. Get the it's... one when Russell Wilson tells you to stop bugging him. He feels like you're creepy, always talking about his sexy deep balls all the time. Russell Wilson actually said that, Bucky, that he feels a little creeped out by the producer behind the glass. Play that clip. How about that one, black tie? Well, like I like I told Russell, and I'll tell you, it's about it's about the deep ball. I can appreciate a sexy deep ball, and it has nothing to do with Russell. <laughs> All right, you throw it, and it looks good. I'm a fan. Touche. Do you drive a mini truck? What does that mean? Oh, that's in the South. That's where creepy guys always have mini trucks, <laughs> uh, and they had the the thin mustache. Uh, I got another Seahawk. All right, it's not Marshawn Lynch. Any guesses? Uh, Richard Sherman. No, guess again. Earl Thomas. Yes. Ah. I love Sherman. Sherman may be a more, I hate to say it, a valuable player, harder commodity to find, but you don't have to throw a Richard Sherman. But Earl Thomas is a quarterback of that defense. You take him out of that, Cam Chancellor is not a cover guy. He's not a cover guy. You, If you're able to avoid that corner, okay, and you can attack the middle of the field on the Seahawks, you'll, you could be able to make some uh, make a little hay. I think Earl Thomas would be a very tough loss for that team. All right, let's talk about a couple but others. But they wouldn't collapse. Are... They wouldn't collapse. Well, I mean, that's I guess that's what we're getting at here. And in a way, I, uh, the 49ers didn't collapse last January when Justin Smith went out, but they were clearly a different clearly team. A different they, were, team. They, they were not nearly the defense Agreed. anymore. So I've listed him towards the bottom there. Just trying to figure out a couple other – defensive lineman you know I thought the Patriots were and and by the way Vince Wilfork that's a slow burn if you can do the Jenga if you can again use the Jenga metaphor take a piece out and you know sometimes it just immediately falls down and then sometimes it starts swaying a little bit you're like whoa what's gonna go see Ah!" (laughs) that's what's gonna be with the Patriots it didn't happen yet but come January some team I don't know if it's gonna be the Bengals if it's gonna be the Chiefs maybe it'll even be the Broncos but we saw the Broncos do it a couple weeks ago Somebody's going to gash them on the run, and that's going to be the end of, of uh, their hopes for a Super Bowl. You mentioned Geno Atkins. I've got two Bengals, one or the other. And one of them, I can't believe I'm saying this. Uh, one is A.J. Green, and that one's easy to me. I don't know. Couldn't they make it without uh, with, with Sanu and Eifert and Gresham? I don't know. And... Bucky, do you think they could? I think they would be 8-8 eight and eight at best. At with, best. Without Gresham? No, without A.J. Green. Oh, I think I think he's a huge factor. I think you can include him in that conversation because okay. much like Calvin Johnson, he's the focal point. 
he kind of sets the table for everybody because they walk into the game plan or they make up the game plan hmm. knowing that he has to be double teamed. And so when he's double teamed, that means everyone else gets single coverage and it frees up Giovanni Bernard in the running game. Yeah. And so, Dave, I know you like the okay. creative ones. Okay, this one's a little – this may be a stretch, but I really think if the Bengals lost this guy, they are done. Can that, I guess it? Go ahead. Fontez Burfitt. It's, it absolutely is. Mm-hmm. I think he's the sort of guy, actually, who could spook uh, Peyton Manning sufficiently early in a game. He's scary. And I think Peyton Manning, if in a cold game in January, if it's the Bengals at up in mile high and it's cold out and everything, that's the antidote to Peyton Manning. He doesn't want guys getting in his head, and I think a guy like Burfitt could do it. I like that uni matchup. Oh, no, no, no. I no, do. No. You're I so like, wrong. I like Broncos, Bengals. I like Bengals at Denver. I like Ooh, it. Yeah. I think the Bengals, I think it's about time for the Bengals to change the helmet. Yes, indeed, yeah. I think so. It's, it's, it's been a while. I thought it would like. I don't like the jersey. I may have been in high school. Uh, I was before. It may have been middle school when they, they went to the stripes. Instead it was 81, of the, I believe, is when yeah, they did so, it. So when long I was enough. young, I dug it. That was cool. It was yeah. different. I was 10 or 11. I yeah. got it. Now. I go back, go back to the to the. I know you love the Bengals script. You say all the yeah, time. Yeah, the script is Bengals. Boom. Same. So you go back to the seventies look. You know the highlight of those uniforms is the simple jersey, the black jersey well, with just the, the yeah. orange stripe and a white stripe and plain. I didn't mean that numbers. I like the Bengals jerseys. I, when I think Bengals Broncos, I'm thinking more of just the regular plain Bengals whites from even the eighties or nineties. I don't like the way they look now. Uh well, either way, you're wrong. That wouldn't look good. <laughs> That's not a good playoff all matchup. Right. Gentlemen, can I throw one out there, please? Uh, so everyone knows how the Panthers are a very good team, mainly because of their defense. I say if you take Luke Kuechly. It's so funny you say that because Black Tie, you read my mind. I was just going to ask, is it Kuechly, because that was a good mm-hmm. defense last year, but is Latulele more significant because now they've become a dominant defense? Is he the linchpin stuck right in the middle there? Bucky, you can only have one of those two guys for the next, let's say, half dozen years. Which are you taking? Oh, I'm going to take Keekly. I knew he would say that. I'm going to take Keekly. Keekly is a monster. And the only reason I can't give Star Latulalele that K1 Short also came. Ah. Those two rookies on the inside, I don't know which one has a bigger impact, but I believe Luke Keekly. I know, and by the way, I do know it's Latulalele, but I like to say Latulalele. It's just (laughs) Latulalele. Let me throw a couple other more. Bucky likes Keekly like Herb Tarlick, like Lonnie Uh, (laughs) Anderson. I like good players. I'm just saying. I, uh, that's an obscure reference, except for the people in Cincinnati. How about this one? Deshaun Jackson. What about that? I thought Bryce that Brown, yeah. I think, in the backfield, they could survive. Shady McCoy, to me, is the best running back in mm-hmm. the NFL. But I think they could survive without him. If you take away, when you're deficient in the passing game and you take out the, the best piece of it, what would become of that pass attack if Deshaun Jackson weren't in it? They would struggle a little bit. Cause he, Riley Cooper would very, be your number one and Jason you know, Avon your number two. Well, They'd I mean, be doomed. If, if you have Nick Foles pulling the trigger, Riley Cooper becomes a different guy. Like, Riley Cooper's averaging, what's he averaging, like 19 yards a catch? Like, Riley Cooper is averaging 19 yards a catch. I like, know. No one had every, ever mentioned his name until October Riley, or November. Uh, oh, Ry- wait a second. Wait, he yeah. did come up this summer. I forgot about that. <laughs> Never mind. Riley, Riley Cooper averaging 19 yards. Like, that's unbelievable production. Everything he catches is a big play. And for a guy who is – I mean, I won't say he's a burner. I won't say he's speed deficient. But the fact that he's getting vertical and, and blowing the top off coverage, some of that is because like he's a wrestler. Looks like he's the ultimate warrior, not a football player. Looks like he was a studio musician for Firehouse. <laughs> <laughs> Looks so. like that guy in a lot of 80s movies. He is on the a shirtless, roll today. The shirtless guy playing the saxophone. I think John Hamm did a <laughs> did a parody of that in Saturday, on Saturday Night Live a little while ago. Can I give ago. you one that goes against your theory? Go ahead. Because your theory, I think, is right, where you say, like, hey, you can't say J.J. Watt because – so this guy was on his team and was great last year, and they stunk. But the the way the team plays now, he's such a big part of what they do. Jamal Charles. If Kansas City loses Jamal Charles, to me, they cannot win. They That's cannot win. That's an interesting one, yeah. I, I mean, I don't know, Buck. I mean, with, with Donnie Avery out there and, <laughs> and Dwayne Bowe. No, he's and, essential. And, he's essential because um, – and it's funny because if you go back and look at what Andy Reid has traditionally done, he's always had a back that was like that. Brian Westbrook was that yes. versatile runner, receiver he that you Deuce could build Staley around. Even Deuce to a lesser degree. Deuce was very much like that, too. He could catch the ball out the backfield. Those things are key to his offense because he depends on the running game and the checkdowns and all those things. I think Jamal Charles being out of the lineup would really affect Kansas City. I like that a lot, and maybe we can put the asterisk next to it by saying Andy Reid has changed the way – 
the, the impact he has on that offense. Even though he would put up numbers with Cronell yes. and company, maybe the way Andy Reid deploys him makes him more essential, not just from a statistical uh, point of view, yeah. but beyond. I, I was just saying I agree with you because your your point is that, look, if the team stinks and he's playing, then obviously he's not that you know right big a deal. And the Chiefs were awful last year with Charles. But I just think they're a completely different kind of team yeah. this year. All right, a couple more before we get to Darnell Dockett, and then we're going to get to Week 15 picks here. Real quick, uh, what do we think about legitimate injuries now? Wes Welker, who I have floated the idea maybe should hang it up. He's taken a lot of shots over the years at this point. But anyway, what happens now to that Broncos offense? It's suddenly not going to become – you know, the the Jacksonville Jaguars, but it is, I mean, you look at it, Julius Thomas is the other big addition to that, to, to that offensive group from last year to this year. But, you know, now you're basically looking at, yeah, that's the 2012 offense now. A little bit, but they can change. They can, they can be fine with, without Wes Walker for a short-term stay because they'll go 12 personnel, one back, two tight ends. They'll find one of those guys, Jacob Tammy, could split out. Julius Thomas could split out. They still could do a lot of the things that they do with their 11 personnel, their one back, uh, one tight end, three receivers. They still can do similar things. They'll just do it in a different way. And also remember, because they use so many wide receiver screens and those things that Elliott hates that they throw out to the wide receivers <laughs> with blockers in front, mm-hmm. they still have the ability to do that. They can jump, kind of tweak their personnel packages and formations to make sure they get the ball in the hands of their playmakers. They'll be fine for a short-term so, stay without them. not a massive drop-off EH for the Broncos offense without Welker? No, not to me. Hmm. All right, how about this one then? Rob Gronkowski now. We saw the Patriots continue to win games, but they were very narrow victories. They were ugly consistently. Gronkowski comes back. They house the Steelers in Foxborough. And they beat the Broncos. I don't think those things happen without. I think they beat the Steelers, but I don't think they beat. They whip them in the way they they do without Gronkowski. Now he's gone for the year. What happens, EH? I think it changes the whole face of the AFC postseason. In fact, I I, I like him more than uh, you guys vote of Jimmy Graham as the Jenga piece uh, because they actually do use Gronkowski to seal the edge in the run game. Jimmy Graham doesn't get asked to do. I mean, Jimmy Graham. Let's just be honest. He's a he's a wr. You know. Uh, so to me. Patriots can't I don't know win. why that's so bad, though. So I'm, not so it's, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying that, you know, you rely on a guy to be versatile, you know, for your offense. And so Gronk is that for them. And, and he's a huge red zone target. I think he's a better red zone target than Graham is, frankly. Uh, I, I think it changes the whole AFC playoff picture. I don't think New England can win now without Gronk. That's what I, I'm saying. I, flat. I disagree. And this is why I disagree. Okay. Like, Gronkowski is a terrific red zone threat. And I think when you look at the numbers early in the year when they were 5-1 and one, and their red zone percentage was down and their points were down because Gronk was out, the real reason why they were not as productive or explosive is because Shane Vereen was out. Hmm. Shane Vereen missed eight weeks with a broken wrist. He is actually the queen on the chessboard for the New England Patriots. When you look at what he has done, averaging 15 touches over 1100 like 111 yards from scrimmage he is the piece that they use if you go back and look at them traditionally they've always had a running back that was the guy that they could use to kind of move around put him outside the formation uh in empty formation to see what you're in and then Tom Brady will pick and choose who to pick Shane Vereen is the missing piece. Yeah, they, did Not with, they did it with Falk. They did it. They even did it with Patrick Pass. If yeah. you want to go way Falk, back, Patrick Pass. You and think Woodhead, about Danny they, Woodhead. They wouldn't have let like, Woodhead go if it wasn't for Vereen. There's no way they t- would have paid him. That see now that's inside poop. Bucky Brooks. That's pretty interesting because yeah. I think most people would not consider when we're talking about the most essential pieces. I don't think Shane Vereen's name would come up all that often, but it's it, it's a keen point. I like, I like that it. one. I like it too. Um, and then I, I, we could just move on, but just one. Let me throw one more. Matt Forte. Mm. Yeah, that's a good that's one. That's a good one. That's a really. If he good goes one. away, does that does that? T- I mean, listen, Gosh. I still don't think they make the playoffs as it is. Can I, I think ask you a one caveat? Trouble, but- Do they play the Cowboys every week? I don't think they're going to let right. the schedule they, shake right. out that way. Because if, if they played the Cowboys every week, I don't think taking Forte out would really make any difference at all. <laughs> Michael Bush can just handle run, the load. You just throw the ball to Michael Bush 50 times over the middle. <laughs> all yeah. right, listen. Fun game, and let's let's revisit it. But so are, so are we are, – let, let's try and establish really once and for all who is the Jenga piece of Jenga pieces in the NFL. Who is who is number one non quarterback? I go. You're saying Calvin Johnson, yes. Elliot? Yes. How Jimmy say you, Graham. Bucky? Jimmy Graham. Oh, so that's so I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go 
Nah, you know what? I, I, Don't I, go against yourself just to be, uh, you know, I well, know you love debate. Well, I'm going so who do I want? I'm trying to make one of you two like me now at this point. <laughs> just go with Jimmy I Graham. Feel, That's your I, guy. I feel like, you know what? I feel like at the at, when it's all said and done, right now in 2013, if you took Calvin Johnson away, that team would disappear and the Saints wouldn't completely fall off the cliff. They could they could cobble things together, but they wouldn't have a chance at the Super Bowl. Both are good answers, but I think Calvin Johnson probably, that team would just completely implode without him. They would do nothing. I mean, it would be Joyke Bell 35 times. How about, the, up, how about Reggie the Bush, by the yeah. way? Reggie Bush, he's a mutter, but he can't even get out to, for, for the opening kickoff. Yeah. yeah. A, <laughs> the snow fell on him, and that was like, ah, that's it. I mean, I can't go in. I, <laughs> It doesn't feel good. I'm out, Coach. All right, well, listen. Let's uh, step aside. Like I say, Adam Rank, the birthday boy, by the way, is uh, and I got to catch up with Darnell Dockett a little while ago. Let's uh, jump to that right now, Black Tie. You listen to All right, we welcome into Studio 66 our main man. He's taking his seat to my immediate right from NFL.com. It's Adam Rank. How are we, fella? Hey, boss. Thanks for having me. Sure, sure. Appreciate and happy birthday. We'll talk. We'll get to that Thank in a little you. bit. But awesome on the line, you. I think in a matter of seconds here is going to be a guy you and I have both wanted the kibitz with for some time now. Darnell Dockett of the Arizona Cardinals. Oh, very nice. Before he gets on, I just want to read you something here. Okay. At, he's the best Twitterer, tweeter, Twitterer. You know who land. needs to step up his game tweet-wise? A.J. Hawk. Yeah, I feel, he doesn't do it enough. I feel he could be much better the next time that we get a chance to chat. And, in, you know, and if it's something that he, you know, needs us to help him out with, oh. some suggestions or something like that, maybe maybe tap into it because I feel like he's depriving the world a little I got bit. a great idea. This is, a, this is stolen, stolen directly from Jimmy Kimmel and Julie Bowen, who did a little bet. I don't remember what the bet was. exactly. Oh, it was a foot race. Who okay. could beat whom in a foot race, which was laughable. Julie Bowen claimed she could beat Kimmel, and he smoked her in a race around the the studio. Of course. Um, so as a result, Kimmel took over Julie Bowen's Twitter handle for 24 hours. Oh, wow. Oh, it was it was spellbindingly funny. You could you should make that bet with A.J. Hawk. Yeah. The, oh, you know what? Week 17. Yeah, Bears, I know it. That's Bears, what I'm saying. Packers. That's what I'm saying, Dave. That would be a good and one. Then, of course, nothing you know that's going to get him into a no, heap he can of do trouble. that. He can bet his Twitter account for 24 hours. Yeah. Here's what Darnell Dockett. Here's the standard my book for best tweeter in the NFL. He writes, "I hate." Well, well that's off color, but I'm going to read it anyway. I hate when fat chicks have petite nicknames. Talking about her name is Peaches. Um, your name is Peach Cobbler. <laughs> <laughs> Did you like the way I intoned my voice? That's a funny joke. That's... I essentially became Darnell Dockett you in did. reading that. I, yes. I became him. Here's another you one. I love into the role. Another one. I love everybody. Some I love to be around. Some I love to avoid. And some I'd love to punch in the face. <laughs> he's very clever. I like that. All right. He's on the line, Black Tie. Let's get to him. All right. He's one of the stars of a great, great defense, even though they're under the radar right now, having a wonderful season, sitting at 8-5. and five. And still with a shot at the playoffs. Here he is, everybody. Defensive lineman supreme, Darnell Dockett. What's the poop, fella? Nothing, man. What's going on? How are everybody doing today? Well, wonderful. We're doing good, but not as good as you. And I don't want to jinx anything or anything, but if you haven't looked in the newspaper lately, you're only one game out of the playoffs right now. How's that make you feel? Oh, man, it feels good. You know, um, at this point last year, we didn't, uh, you know, we wasn't playing for anything, you know, and so forth. You know, our own personal stats and, you know, um, team defensive goals, which is, you know, be a top ranked defense. You know, that was last year. Um, this year to actually be able to plan for something to get in that tournament, you know, that's what it's all about. You know, at the end of the day, you want an opportunity to get in the tournament and see what happens. Why is this year so much different than last year? Is it more Bruce Arians or Carson Palmer? Oh, uh, man, both. Both, man. Um, uh, Bruce, Bruce Arians bought in the attitude. Um, a, a winning attitude, man, and um, you know, just trying to change the culture around, and and uh, you know, Carson just is just a winner, man. You know, he, he can piece his tail off, man. He works hard. Um, I never, not really seen a lot of quarterbacks, you know, in my time in the league uh, that actually comes on their day off and out there doing running, throwing the ball around, and doing all the extra stuff that he does. So, uh, you know, like I said, man, it's, it's it's a beautiful thing. You know, it's a beautiful thing hmm. instead of looking at last year with a nine-game losing streak. So it's right here, man. It's, it's awesome. Uh, and it also makes the season fun. You know, I know it's a lot of teams out there right now that, that's out of it. And, you know, their bodies hurt even more because you don't have anything to play for. But, 
Anytime you get a little injuries on Sunday and you got a chance to be in the playoffs, man, it makes those injuries be that much hmm. more worth it and um, don't last long. Yeah, it doesn't seem to hurt as much. You also had a, a change at defensive coordinator, too, and Ray Horton, of course, was very popular. What, how was that adjustment? Man, it was awesome. Uh, it's, you know, both of them, uh, him and Todd, are, are two good uh, D coordinators. They got um, two different styles of uh, techniques and, and schemes, but um, just to speak on Todd, man, he's you know just one of the, one of the coolest guys I've ever been around. Man, very confident, very knowledgeable about the game. Um, put put guys in a situation to make plays, and, you know, and um, you know, and he he got that he got that players mentality. You know, he played in the league a while, and um, I feel pretty much our whole coach staff played in the league. You know, and um, they they all got that winning mentality to, to go out and dominate games and, and play. And um, like I say, real laid back too. If you see him, man, you you would think something wrong with him if you ain't really know him like that. He's real laid back about everything. But it comes a time, you know, when he when he when he gets mad and now he jumps off. And, you know, get into everybody. So, uh, like I said, man, it's a blessing to uh, be able to uh, play play for. Them. I got to tell you a couple things. First of all, it feels to me I've met as has Rank over here. I've met Calais Campbell a couple of times. He's a very funny guy. Patrick Peterson seems like a nice fella. It feels to me Larry Fitzgerald's obviously a real classy sort of fella, and yet. You guys are eight and five. I don't think anybody even knows that you're over five hundred. Isn't it weird in the world's, or at least America's, most popular sport? Do you guys talk in the locker room like no one is aware of how good this team is right now? Oh, that's good. <laughs> yeah, it is good, right? I guess. Yeah, in this in this business, we we know what we got. We know how hard we work. We know the time we put in it. Um, we know what this fact. We know everybody's accountable and. We got one thing in common, and that's to try to win games. Uh, I think the best you stay on the radar is the best, is you know, the best chance of creating, um, you know, good, good, good winning attitude on Sunday when everybody don't really know what you're doing and they kind of oversleeping. But um, at the end of the day, man, you know, we we we're in a good situation. We're thankful, man. We got some great guys on the team, and you know, the season not over. Uh, and like I said, man, every 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 day counts for us, and we know what's in front of us. And uh, we're not worried about trying to win on Sunday. We're not worried about trying to win next week. We focus on, you know, just trying to win the day. And that's how it is, you know. My um, coaches ask us every day at the end of the day, what did you do to help this team get better? And, you know, when, you, when you're able to lie down in your bed and you can really say, man, I put my best foot forward today, then, you know, you've got a bunch of guys that do that that give us the best chance to win on Sunday. Let's talk about this, Darnell. This is the hard-hitting part of the interview. Are you ready? Yeah. What were you doing stepping on that guy's hand? What what gives? Come on. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, don't 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 you be, don't you be coy with me. What happened there? You put you put and plus you had spikes on your feet. And uh, that that makes it extra bad, right? I don't I don't even I don't even know what you're talking. I heard about it, but I, I gotta look. I gotta really look into that. I don't really know what's going on with that. A lot of bodies flying around. Oh, Hard to tell know. what's what's going on, it's right? It's easy to get confused. Though. Yeah, man, just play, just playing football. Um, <laughs> I, I heard see. Somebody, somebody asked me about it earlier. I, I I told them I had to go look at it. I don't I don't know really know what they're talking about. I've been so focusing <laughs> on winning the day, so that's all my focus been on. Well played, Darnell. Well played. What about yeah. speaking of uh, of uh, you know? Since you couldn't find a TV to see that, I'm sure you haven't heard that your alma mater, Florida State, is having a good season. How do you feel about that one? Now that you guys are in the big game against uh, Auburn. Oh, now that now that I know plenty about. Oh, man. you do we, know, you know we, about we, that? Okay. Yeah, I do know about that one. <laughs> man, we um, you know, out those guys are working, man, and uh, you know, Jimbo doing a great job of turning um. The program around and um, giving us um, alumni a lot to cheer for, you know, and be happy about. Um, you know, it's gonna be a tough game with Auburn. You know, me and Carlos Dansby. You know, we we've been having words all week. We almost <laughs> got in a fight this morning talking about the game. And, you know, it's, it's, it's it's gonna be definitely a good game. You know, they got a Heisman hopeful on their team. We got a Heisman winner on our team, and you know, just hopefully that we could just you know just have a good game. And at the end of the day, we pull this thing out. And I don't think that we didn't notice you already gave the Heisman to Winston over there. Very well done. But I, I want to know in your heart of hearts, how badly did you want you guys to face off against Alabama? I really did. You know, everybody was saying that Alabama's the best, and they've been the best for a minute. They got the, the big dynasty going on. So, you know, you hear about it for so many years, and, and um, you got Rashad Johnson on the team that constantly reminds you when you think you forgot that it's um, – 
you know, it's, it's one of those things that you wanted to play him, man. But, you know, hey, uh, Auburn had other thoughts. You know, Auburn had to, you know, they was, they was thinking different than, uh, than what the nation was thinking. So they came out, they handled their business, they um, they beat Alabama, and they beat Missouri in the, um, in the SEC championship, and, and they well deserve it, you know. Um, this is going to be a tough game for us. They have a great run attack. We have a great offense. I think our defense is better than Missouri. Um, so, like I said, man, you're going to give two great coaches, two great programs a, a month off to prepare for this one game. And it's it's going to be exciting. Oh, I'm so, going to be there to watch it. So politically correct. You're going to house that Auburn team. They they fluked their way past Georgia and Bama. You guys haven't been. No one's been within four touchdowns of you all season long. You're going to whip them. Let's, let's, uh, that don't mean anything. That don't mean anything. That's all about the past. All You're right. talking about a national championship with a month to prepare. You don't know. There's no telling what's going to happen. So um, I'm just hopefully that uh, our guys will come together. You know, we've got a lot of young talent on that team. Hope they come together, understand the opportunity there, and they take advantage of it. Here's what I want from you, Darnell. The rule here on this show is no jive. So let's not jive about this. The Carolina Panthers go Jets, Saints, at Falcons. The Arizona Cardinals go at Tennessee, at Seattle, and then rounding it out with the Niners. You guys definitely have the tougher slate. Will the Arizona Cardinals do enough to catch the Panthers? Because you have the tiebreaker thanks to your head-to-head victory. Um, we're going we're gonna to put our best foot forward every day. Um, and, that's, and that's the attitude we have. Um, again, we're not worried about Seattle at this moment. We're not worried about San Fran at this moment. We're not really worried about anything that Carolina has going on. We're worried about winning Wednesday practice. Um, that's been our mindset all year. We don't get caught into all that. We know what's in front of us. We know what the opportunities are. But you cannot skip the process and, and start putting your mind into a game and thinking about this game and that game when you haven't prepared during the week. So, again, and I'm not trying to be, you know, funny about this, but our focus is trying to have the best Wednesday practice we can have for the Tennessee Titans. And, and that's as far as it goes. I hear you. I hear you. All right, listen. Darnell Dockett, you're a delight as advertised. Anybody who doesn't know it, go to at D Dockett on Twitter. And here's just a, a sample. Damn, I'm tired. I wish I had Kim Kardashian's talent of not having any talent and making money out of it. Kudos, sir. That's a that's that's a perfectly constructed joke. No, nah, man, it's, it's the truth. <laughs> well, it is. Yeah, well, it's funny because it's true. You're right. <laughs> right. I speak my mind on Twitter. You know, I'm. I, I always told myself, no matter how successful I am, no matter how much money I am, no matter who I am, I'm going to always be myself. And, and and I think a lot of people get caught up into because they're in the NFL, NBA, or whatever major sport they are, or actress, or act, uh, or actor, or you know, a rapper. They can't do things because of the public. I just feel like, man, a lot of people should just be themselves. You know, share the world with be yourself. You're going to be yourself before and after whatever your career says, anyway. So. I just enjoy my time, man. I, I speak my mind, and I'm a Gemini. I got like two or three personalities. So <laughs> all of them speak to, all of them speak to me, and I'm able to share them with y'all. That's exactly how I am too, and I'm a Gemini, and my initials are D and D, and uh, we're both swell lookers. So you and I have a lot <laughs> in common. Yeah, man, you're a cool-ass dude there. Yeah, well, <laughs> right back at you, Darnell Dockett. All right, listen, when the season's over, after the Cardinals play their playoff games and after the Florida State Seminoles complete their uh, their bid for the national title, then you come out to here in L.A., Studio 66, and we'll sit down and we'll all meet face-to-face and it'll be a wonderful time, all right? All right, yeah, listen. Exactly. Darnell Dockett, best to all the fellas over there in Arizona. And uh, like I say, best wishes to you the rest of the way here, fella. Thanks for the time. No, I appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me on. Y'all enjoy your day. Sure. And and, I, and be on the lookout. I'm sending you a video of that uh, foot-on-hand business. We'll see if we can clear this whole thing up. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just let me know. And I'll okay. see your address to finish this. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. All right, man. Thanks so much. All right, there goes Rank off to celebrate his birthday, and uh, we're back with Elliot Harrison and Bucky Brooks now in Studio 66. And with no further ado, we have to select who's going to win the biggest games in Week 15. Black Tie, let's get to it. The Red Challenge Flag segment. Red Challenge Flag Ah, Dick Banks has done it again. All right, fellas, I'm going to go through it here. I'm going to give you the biggest games by uh, to my eyeball, at least the toughest ones to call here. And you tell me, 
I don't jive. You know my rule here in 66 is no jive. That's one of them, at least. And week 14, you could see it coming a mile away. I called it. I said this is going to be the best weekend in football of the season. It indeed was. Maybe uh, one of the best of all time. I'm looking at week 15. Not exactly great games. Hey, Not- I, I gotta, I'm got. i sorry. I can't let you get past mentioning jive that many times without asking, has TD seen it? Has TD seen airplane? Excuse me, uh, Miss. I speak jive. I wanna, oh, great one! I great one, know. Elliot. In the ongoing game. Uh, so this is a segment within another segment. Black tie. Has black tie seen the classic, which I just watched, by the way, airplane? Uh, do we need to go around the table? Yeah, we say, do. Black, uh, Bucky, I don't know if you're aware. He's seen. He's seen three movies in his life. It's, black tie. <laughs> you don't like movies. I'm a big movie guy. That's, what, that's the best thing is that he's a big movie guy. That's they the misunderstand. Thing with him. I'm saying any movie pre-93, 94, pre-93, most likely, 94, you I probably haven't seen it. You oh, know, okay. so then they keep bringing up these 80s and 70 movies. Yeah, I don't, I don't, that's, that's the scary, yeah, that's the funny. We keep bringing up these I small movies like Godfather. I think Godfather. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't seen Godfather? <laughs> well, Scarface? Oh, airplane is, just so you know, Airplane is I will tell you one this, of the though. most famous comedies ever. And holds up. I just saw it this weekend. Into no, I haven't seen airplanes. I did dive into Lord of, <laughs> Lord of the Rings. He just blew the second. I did dive into Lord of the Rings this past weekend. I've seen the first two. Oh. Going to see the third, and all all in preparation to get ready for the Hobbit. Just a heads up. <laughs> Let's glad, get back to the games. Guys. I'm glad you're here, Sam. That's my impression of. Uh, oh, okay, we better right, get back get to the red flag. <laughs> uh, kudos. Oh, I do want to promote something very quickly. I don't know when, in like a week or so, I think we're going to do the Shecky Awards, the annual Shecky Awards. You know, there's the Academy Awards. They do all the movies. Then the Grammys do the music. Emmys do TV. Damashek takes care of all the rest of it. Fruit, best fruit of the year, best condiment, the favorite movie that I watched this year. Now, that's not restricted to just movies that were released, only movies that I watched. For instance, Airplane could win it because I watched it this year and I enjoyed it. So it's in the running by definition. So... All right, we'll have those, and that's like what a week from now. Black tie, those will be out. Coming soon, announcement soon enough. It's coming. So soon. be on the lookout yeah. for those. It's a it's it's a fan favorite, Bucky. <laughs> Maybe you could even be a presenter on it. How you about know? that? I'm all about it. All right, cool. Maybe you and Elliot could be presenters together. All oh, right, let's get to the games. Let's start off with a team that's been playing good football of late. The Minnesota Vikings, even though they're three nine and one, host the Philadelphia Eagles. Elliot, I start with you on that one. Oh man, I wish I had the nads to pick. Uh... Minnesota, <laughs> but uh, I'm I'm taking Philadelphia with not lacking confidence. All right, Buck, do you want to throw the red challenge flag or agree? No, I think Philadelphia. This is this is a Philly game. If I Peterson think. was playing, I'd pick Minnesota. No, I think I think Philly Philly's good to go. I'm okay with that. And by the way, that defense has been quietly pretty good. It's over, been getting it's like better. two months now, it's right? Been getting better. Well, he's doing a better job of slowing the tempo down down at times, helping his defense out. Um, next up, maybe the tightest game, or, or I'm sorry, not. I guess we'll get to one that looks a little tougher to call. But of the early games, at least the New England Patriots at ten and three at the seven and six Dolphins coming off that win in Pittsburgh. Bucky, how say you? Oh, I think New England wins this game. I think even though that Miami's playing at home, they're playing well. They see this as their big moment. They feel like the Patriots are vulnerable. I just believe that the Patriots understand that they can knock the Dolphins out because I think they're going to win this game. Is that something I've asked players this actually I've, I've said I, in fact I asked Ryan Tannehill in front of the first time these two teams got together this season I said how we, is it strange I know you're a millionaire and you know you know people all love you and cheer for you and BMOC and all that but do you think these guys when they look across and they're like wow it's Tom Brady and Bill Belichick oh, I'm nervous do they get that and is that a part does that intimidate them just the deeds over the last decade of the New England Patriots when they come on the field, is, does that actually affect professional athletes playing them? If you're not careful, there can be an unhealthy amount of respect for someone. I think um, to play the game effectively, uh, you hear Ronnie Lott talk about you playing nameless, faceless people. You don't kind of get caught up in who's on the other side. But I think when you've had the level of success that the Patriots have had and the dominance they've had over their division, I believe that when the Dolphins walk out, they understand who the Patriots are, and they understand in certain moments of the game that Tom Brady can do his deal. Yeah, I absolutely believe it's funny there's an intimidation factor there. Well, b- based on what you said, I'm taking the Patriots because they understand, and this is a big game for the Dolphins. That's why I ask you that. I, what I extrapolated from what you were saying is exactly that, is that, yeah, the Dolphins ain't 
ain't up to this challenge yet. They got they need a, they need to take they, a loss. They from may a team talk. Like you this. may hear talk come out of that locker room like, oh, we can beat them, but they don't truly believe that they can beat the Patriots. It's kind of the chicken and the egg. Which one comes first? Like they have to beat the Dolphins before they. Uh, they have to beat the Patriots around, right. before they they really feel like that we're at their level. Interesting. So, let me EH. tell you something, Bucky. Sheck's been on me like flies on a rib roast all year. <laughs> rib roast. All year about flies not. Flies on a rib roast. Not, I love it. Not disagreeing, okay? And so here I am about to throw the challenge flag and say Miami's going to win, and he interrupts to in, you know insert his own You're so right. Let's you know? see it, EH. What so, do you pick? Who's your pick, Patriots well, or Dolphins? And in that time, I changed my mind back to the Patriots. <laughs> <laughs> so, wow. That's what I deserve. I did pick Miami for the picks column, which will be out tomorrow. You did take the Dolphins, I did take huh? the Dolphins, and I've been debating that one. Thankfully, because I know the Vikings injury situation, I'm t- staying with Philadelphia. So Dolphins, Patriots, I'm reserving the right to change my mind. Listen, this team has won games that they shouldn't and lost games that they shouldn't, yeah. and they've beaten teams that they mm-hmm. shouldn't and vice versa. So it's interesting to me. All right, the D.C. Skins playing in the Dome of Atlanta against the Falcons you know, this one is uh, this is a bum game, but it's a, compel- uh, a compelling one because of all the Shanahan stuff and everything else. These are two of the most disappointing teams in the league. Bucky, I start with you. I'm going to go with the Atlanta Falcons, and I know like conventional wisdom would typically tell me that Kirk Cousins given a full week of practice. Shanahan is going to empty the bucket to make sure that he looks like he's made the right decision. I believe in the Georgia Dome. I just think the Falcons will get after it. I'm going to throw a copy, a VHS copy of a few uh, good men don't to play TV. games with me. Uh, no, I agree with you, man. Uh, I, <laughs> really? I, I, think the Falcons, I, thought, I thought you were taking no, Redskins no, on that one. I, I, look, you can't just say Kirk Cousins played well in spot duty last year, and all of a sudden he's going to be bonkers uh, this week, you know, his first start. Uh, I like the Falcons. Matt Ryan plays better at home. Redskins are allowing a, over 100 passer rating to their opponents. Over 100. Something to consider. Aggregate. Something to consider is the Redskins. Things are bad now. Mm-hmm. If they really, if they really, really have yet to hit bottom, if they lose their last three and they get the first <laughs> overall pick and then have to turn it over to the Rams, I don't know what. Yeah, but that's, that's that's the apocalypse. That would be amazing. Packers at Cowboys. We'll blow through these last three quickly here. Packers at Cowboys. Eh, I'll say. You. Uh, I'm taking the Cowboys only. Because Matt Flynn is playing, I still think it's going to be a close game. There's going to be a lot of scoring. I say 34-27 at least. 34-29. 34-29. That's a lot of points. Let's see. Both teams are bad. Uh, let's go 30-24. Both teams are bad. Both teams are in the playoff mix. They're mediocre. Sir. Yeah. Whatever. Okay. So you're taking Dallas in the <laughs> dome? See, that's how I feel about Philly, Minnesota. Where's the passion, yeah, I think, Buck? I think, I think Dallas, Dallas has to win their home. I, I think they have to win. I think Tony Romo finds a way to get them. All right. And uh, last couple here, the Bengals, 9-4. and four, Real chance, especially if the Dolphins do pull the upset of taking that second seed because they have the tiebreaker over the Patriots. And as we get down to it, the Bengals, in terms of uh, seeding now, is the question. They're going to the playoffs at the Pittsburgh Steelers, who are playing for absolutely nothing. Bucky, I start with you. The Bengals have to win this. I think the Bengals are more motivated. Like Pittsburgh, like that. I think that, you know, the Antonio Brown thing, if they get that, I, I would take Pittsburgh coming in. But now they see that they're they're out of it. What do you mean the Antonio Brown thing? Stepping out. Stepping out they of bounds. They would be six and seven. Oh, 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 stepping out of bounds. Right, yeah, right, yeah. They'd be right in the mix. I think, I think if they win that game, they may reel off a few. But now Cincinnati, mm-hmm. Cincinnati can kind of put the death nail in them. I'm, I'm you know what we have to do, Black Tie, and maybe we could do this in between the end of the regular season and the start of the playoffs. I think, and Elliot, this you'd, you'd be good uh, a, a good contributor to this, is the three plays for every team that swung the season one way or the other. Mm-hmm. You could almost do it with one player. You could almost say, this player, three plays the other way. And Emmanuel Sanders, to me, you can put, I'm, I'm not putting yep. it on Emmanuel Sanders because yep. the secondary has been a terrible liability for this for the Steelers. But you go back and you look at it. If he he makes three more plays over the course of the season. It looks completely different for Pittsburgh, and uh, and, and you know they they're maybe not looking at the AFC North, but they are, are definitely in the mix I, for a I wild agree. card. And to use another one of your Sheckisms, the the fantasy cliff, well, the reality cliff is the difference between five and eight and six and seven is humongous right now. That's why I agree with Bucky that Cincinnati wins three Pittsburgh plays this year that change the season. The Antonio Brown play, Manuel Sanders drop. Mm-hmm. In the in the Baltimore in the, game, in the, yeah, in the Roethlisberger sack in England, 
when they were driving down, down inside the field. The 10. Yes, yep. those are the three plays. I'll tell you one more. David Paulson, this is so under the radar for national fans, but if you're a Steelers fan and probably a Bengals fan, you remember early in the game in Cincinnati on Monday Night Football when both teams were 0-1 and needed a win. David Paulson, the young tight end, gets spilled, flipped over at the 15 of the Bengals and drops the football. If the Steelers punch it in there in a tight game and they go to 1-1 and and the Bengals go to 0-2 when they're on the edge and there was mm-hmm. certainly the potential for the Andy yeah. Dalton isn't good enough yeah. noise to really spill spiral out of the control, yeah. that could have really turned things and around for both And if they hadn't suited teams. up for the first half against Chicago, I think that was another play this <laughs> And lastly, Baltimore and the Lions, Bucky, real quick. Detroit. Detroit at home, in the Dome. Detroit at home, in the Dome. They win it. They gave away a game last week. I think they come out motivated. I think they get up to Joe Flacco. They win this one. But I'm staying consistent. I agree. I, I think Why Detroit? can't everybody? Just do <laughs> it right. the way I want. Detroit at home, man. Detroit at home. Ford Field. If they weren't at Ford Field, believe me, I wouldn't take them. All right. We'll see if Flacco and company have another December slash January the magical run in store for us or if they come back to earth uh, in 2013. All right. Listen. Great stuff out of Bucky. Great stuff out of Elliot Harrison. Darnell Dockett, a peach. Happy birthday again to Adam Rank. And uh, Black Tie Behind the Glass, swell job. And Dick Banks for always making the music. Check out the Shame Slash Sheck Report and the Weekly Picks and the College Football page where Bucky and I make Heisman predictions and so on and so forth. Before those bowl games get going, Buck, we got to get you back in here too to preview those. All right, enough about Week 15. We'll talk to you after it's over with and in front of Week 16. In the meantime, thanks so much, football fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you pull up to game night in the all-new Camry, but it's actually bingo night. Mini-golf, anyone? It's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota. Let's go places. Your new home journey starts at Fisher Homes, where everything is red, white, and new. Explore exclusive summer savings and start your journey by selecting your ideal home site and your dream community. Choose from a variety of expertly designed floor plans and bring your style to life at the Lifestyle Design Center. Are you looking for a quick move-in ready home instead? Fisher Homes has options for those, too. Fill out a form to connect with a new home advisor at fisherhomes.com to get started today before the sun sets on summer savings.